Earthbed Muscle is a grassroots supplement company created by some of the best strength coaches in the United States to provide their athletes with wholesome supplements. Earthbed Muscle has changed the supplement industry with their minimal ingredient approach to sports nutrition. Dane's platform is also brought to you by the Acceleration Diet. The Acceleration Diet is a customized weight loss program catered to each individual, their needs, and their schedule. Accelerate your metabolism today with the Acceleration Diet. Finally, Dane's platform is also brought to you by Holistic Encapsulations. Holistic Encapsulations provides organic hemp extract with an incredible 27 to 1 CBD ratio. Loaded with CBDs, hemp extract has been shown to decrease anxiety, have a positive impact on cancer, improve sleep, improve brain function, and decrease inflammation. Head over to HolisticEncapsulations.com today and get on the path to holistic recovery. Alright, so we're here at Dane's Platform for another episode and we got an incredible guest today. We got 2016 Paralympic champ David Blair in the discus throw. David, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks, Dane. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me to come in. Yeah, so David, I'm, I, I've got to tell you, I'm a huge fan. I've, I'm, I'm almost you know starstruck here. I, I've, uh, I followed you a little bit on Instagram and on social media, and just through a couple of the random throwing, you know, throwing Instagrams and stuff like that. But you know, you and I connected basically because. I have an indoor throwing net and you asked how I set that up and, and we you know, yeah. got this talk rolling and you know, four days later now we're doing a podcast and I want yeah. you, you know, to just give everybody a, a quick run through of what exactly, how they, they break down the, the Paralympic stuff and how they break down the, the, the turn, the so-called dis- disabilities and the classification so we can get an introduction of where, what you want and what that means and, and what you were born with and all that stuff before we really dive deep into this interview. Okay. That sounds great. So, uh, I'm kind of, so it, I understand the confusion, uh, to be honest, a lot of the athletes, uh, it's confusing to follow, but basically with me being an F 44, the F stands for field. Uh, okay. and if there was a T in front of that, that would mean track. And that would mean that I could compete in the track side of things and I would and I had to be reclassified for that so but the 44 means that I have a single leg below the knee disability okay and so they'll have like a 43 and a 43 could mean uh, you're still single leg but it might be uh, a leg length difference which I have also but um, or it could mean uh, something's different a little bit higher but typically the 44 is going to be below the knee and uh, they have different numbers for everything Um, if you're double below the knee that's a different class if you're uh, double above the knee that's a different class if you're single above the knee that's a different class so they basically break it down you know you'll see these things and the the only reason that they've done that is because they've been doing it so long but you'll see these crossfit games come in where they'll have uh um adaptive athletes competing and they kind of have the guys and gals everyone going against each other just because they're adaptive uh to some regard but in the paralympics they really try and as much as they can break it down into the separate competitions that where you're competing against like body disablements i guess <laughs> i don't know how to, you know what i mean i don't know how to say yeah yeah no it makes sense it makes to, sense i don't know how to say it but they have them for blind uh, they have them from uh, the full range of things like you can have uh, a missing hand you can have they they they've been able to classify and break down the disabilities for a long ways but uh, that all being said the the class that i'm in and i compete in is a single leg below the knee disability and i was born uh, with a club foot Okay. Uh, so can you, can you just go into, you know, what does that mean? What is a club foot? How, you know, just that brief description of what that, what that entails. Okay. So, uh, when I was born, the foot, uh, I came out and my foot was down and the toes were pointing and is pointing crooked and the foot itself was wrapped up on my chest like if you could take your arm and point your fingers towards the back of your body and then curl it up 
and okay. now your fingers are pointing at your shoulder. That's what my foot looked like, but it was on my chest. And so they'd pull it down and let go of it, and it'd spring back up. Um, the, the ankle isn't fully developed, and the foot isn't fully developed. Um, I have uh, – it's four sizes difference in my feet. And to get me to where I can walk on it, I've had several surgeries and uh, several procedures that they did to me from staples in my right leg to hit the growth plate to let my left leg catch up because there is a leg length discrepancy discrepancy there um i've had surgeries where they cut the tib and the fibula to turn the foot and then staple it back on because i was grow as i was growing the leg was twisting and it was growing crooked uh so but basically and they they fuse the it's not a true fuse but i have zero movement in my ankle and because I have no movement at all in my foot, uh, that left leg is atrophied compared to the right leg, um, and especially the calf. And we don't ever think about it because all of us, well, except me and a few others, our ankles work. And because our ankles work, we can develop a calf muscle. Well, I right. have no movement in my ankle, and so my calf muscle is completely atrophied. And so as a result of that, when you see me, that's why the leg looks skinny and, well, a little bit you know, it's, it's a bad leg. That's, I, I've had it my whole life. I don't care. People notice it. And I've honestly, in the past, when I would compete against able-bodied, I'd use it, uh, as a psychological kind of, um, trying to get a little edge on people that haven't competed against me before. I mean, yeah, that's, I, I think that's a good, see, that's a good place where talking with Nick Arrhenius is that I had this long talk with Nick and, and he really gave me a good in, in-depth, uh, like your story in depth, because I think you were closer to his, his older brother's age and he yeah, crossed well, over with a you a little bit older. Okay. And, and he talked about that you threw well over or over 50 meters in his mind. He remembers you throwing in the one seventies, maybe even the one eighties in a discus yeah. in college. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, that's right. I hit, um, it was like one seventy nine. Uh, four, so like 54 meters and yeah. 70, something like that. Almost 55. I almost got 55 meters. Okay, so so my whole thing is that he's telling me this, and and he's like, dude, he he's just one of those guys that just you know didn't he it didn't let him bother him, and that's where I want to know, you know, growing up, what was that experience like growing up, and and how did you deal with bullies? So if you did have to deal with bullies, but how did you deal with it? mentally and how did you deal with that physical pain when you deal with the surgeries and how did you how do you think that that paid off so that you were able to go in and compete against able-bodied throwers and i mean you would have whooped me in a discus competition and i'm very well able-bodied and and you know walk us through that whole process of growing up and how your parents raised you and and what do you think that that's done for you now as you've come back after that long hiatus you know from track Sure. So, um, the, uh, here's a cool story. My dad told me this and he, he struggles to tell it, but he said when I was born, cause I mean, you have kids, Dane, I have kids and, uh, yeah. you want, you want to like, man, you have to have kids to understand it, but you'll blow down any house that's got your kid in it to go get them out. You'll, you know what I mean? We're very protective of our kids and we're very, um, man, I'll do whatever I can to give my daughters like a fair shake. And right. when I came out and he saw that foot, he said he had to leave. Um, and he went and got in the car. I hope I'm remembering the story right. And he said that he, um, he said that he actually kind of started, you know, he got kind of emotional yeah. and he had a picture in his mind of this kid sitting on his back porch with braces on his leg and legs. I needed, I needed casts on both feet when I was born. Um, okay. And no one would play with him cause he's the crippled kid and that he'd have to figure out as a father, a way to make this kid feel like he's important and he's special. Right. And right. I think a lot right. of parents might have a thought like that, but I'm telling you, I think the best way for, for my disability is to just, freaking so what look this is the hand you're dealt how are you going to adapt to it i mean that's it the discussion's over uh i love the fact that they call us adaptive athletes um and in my mind i really think all athletes have to adapt 
and right. it's just that ours are a little more physical and a little more obvious. Um, but there's certain things in life that you can't change, and I can't change the way my foot was developed and born. And so, to be honest, they just threw me in, and I always so I had casts on my legs till I don't think I could walk till I was three. I remember bringing in braces a lot. Um, I remember this is a funny story, but I had I had a brace. I always had braces on my legs and that have like shoes that are bolted to the bottom. And this is old school stuff. We're talking like the late seventies here. I was um, going to say, this is, it, I mean, it is early eighties, late seventies for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd, that I'd have this, uh, these braces up and down my legs and, um, they look just like the ones Forrest Gump wore in the movie Forrest Gump. Remember he's got oh, braces and he's running. They fall. They look exactly, exactly like that. <laughs> and, I remember I was still young enough that I'd wet the bed, and I remember waking up one day, and the leather straps on that thing was just soaked in urine, and it stunk, and I was like, oh, man, Mom, I ruined my brace, right? And But it just, I, I remember having them on for a long time. I'd run around with them, and finally, the doctors are like, all right, I think we're done with the braces thing, and we took those things off, and, and that was it, man. I, 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 I can't tell you how much I did not care that I had a bad leg and a bad foot. It just, it never crossed my mind. And it never crossed my mind that I couldn't do something everyone else could do. It just, it was, I'm, I'm telling you, it was never, ever there. And I think part of that was that my parents did never point it out. And part of that was, um, you know, uh, as a coach, Dane, it's hard to coach kids into talent, right? They need the talent um, yep. to help them perform better. And uh, I was lucky. I was I was blessed with some athletic talent, and uh, I like to say I was also lucky. I was blessed with a, a bum leg, a bad leg. But I right, could, and that's I that's I, I think that's a huge thing because you're you're maybe that what you're calling the bum leg. You know, I I always tell the stories where I have these freak athletes physically, but they're mental midgets, and it doesn't matter yep. because people never factor in that being an athlete involves, you know, the physical side and the mental side. And I could have a, you know, I, I could make comparisons and where I have, let's just say a thrower who is a 70% physical athlete, but 100% mental athlete. But I have another thrower who's a 95% physical athlete and a 40% mental athlete. Well, I'm going to want the yeah. one that has yeah. the, the better mental side. And I think that that's, maybe that helped you, you know, harness that, that, the athletic potential you do have uh, or athletic capability that you have, because that's the other thing, just watching you move. It's like, you know, you're older too now and you're moving, you move like an animal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks man. So yeah, I, I just, it never was an issue. It, it never crossed my mind. Like I played uh, T-ball. I played baseball all growing up. I made this, the, the baseball all-star teams when I played, I was a pitcher. Um, I've always had a pretty decent arm. I remember as a young boy, uh, our local church had a fair that to raise money, you know, like a bazaar or whatever, and they had in it a grape through a grapefruit throwing contest. And as a six year old boy, I outthrew the man that was running it. I mean, just I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> he he handed me this grapefruit and said, "Throw it as far as you can." And I said, "All right." And I threw it. And it was just, it went a long ways and then splattered on the ground. And he he can't throw one that far. I've outthrown men for a lot of my boyhood. Um, and so I did. So what happened was I was, I love baseball and I wanted to just keep ba playing baseball and, uh, I could swing the bat well and I was making all the all-star teams and it came to my ninth grade year. And in the state I'm in Utah, ninth graders don't go to high school. They go to junior high still. And I was in the middle of making a decision if I was going to do track or baseball because, you know, the seasons overlap and, uh, right the the luckily for me the coach from the local high school came to me uh it was a you know the hershey's uh track meets i did that oh, one yeah. summer yeah, yeah and i threw yeah. i threw the softball just for fun i was throwing it and um he came to me and he's like man you can throw that thing and i'm like yeah but i like baseball i'm thinking about going to baseball and he said look baseball is a team sport there's 11 guys on the field it doesn't matter how good you are it's hard for you to stand out but in track no everybody knows who the best thrower is everybody right. knows who the best who's best in this event in the state there's no question they just get out a clipboard and look at the marks and that was it i never i i gave up baseball 
and went straight to track and field and uh, started throwing in high school. So uh, some distances, high school, uh, as a sophomore, I hit about 143 feet, I think. And okay. uh, then I, I needed surgery. I had some staples that had been put in my knee and we had to pull those out. It was affecting me. So I had to pull those out. I didn't get a competing state. And then my junior year, I think I threw 158. And so that's like 56 meters, right? 56, no, 57. Uh, no, because sixty uh, one fifty eight. Oh, 50. Yeah. Fifty is one sixty four ten. Oh yep, yep. So, so I was you're just like forty eight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of fifty five being one hundred and eighty. So yeah. And I and then uh, senior year I threw one seventy six one, which was uh, that's about fifty three. That's around fifty four, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that won the state championship. And that's uh, awesome. I I. I beat uh my now coach who was james parker uh okay he's, the, he's and uh i beat him and that was the last time i beat him uh <laughs> by the way we got to, we got to college and he was a different animal in college uh and he was a great under me just barely but um so yeah i threw 176 in high school no coach uh freshman year i broke the freshman record at weaver state that was uh 158 feet and i threw 163 with the 2k um, I might be getting these distances wrong. This is 23 years ago. Uh, and if, if, if I am, I'm sorry to the guys at Weber, but I, but the thing that I loved was the hammer, man. We picked that thing up. My first meet as a collegiate athlete in division one with that 35 pound weight, I threw 49 feet, five inches, which isn't not far, but for a freshman who's never touched it. Absolutely. I, That's heavy too. Dude. I, I remember, pounds. I, I got in there. <laughs> He's a good buddy of mine now, so I can say it. But I got in there, and as the freshman, these guys were all making fun of me. They're like, hey, all the other throwers, uh, wait till you get in the meet. It's harder to throw, just like this mental thing we're talking about. It's harder yeah. to throw this thing in the meet. Yeah, you're doing okay in practice, but we'll get to that meet, and you're going to throw this thing, and you're going to suck just like I did. You're gonna, I'll bet you'll throw 40 feet. And I got in there. I threw 48 feet on my first throw, and that, like, they all kind of – lost it a little mentally and then i finished at like 49 10 and i beat all the other throwers at weber state in the in the hammer and the one he was so mad about it he didn't talk to me for like three or four days <laughs> <laughs> well so what, what was that like just you know getting recruited was anything different you know when 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 because in my mind if a if a throws coach he's recruiting somebody and i and i just remember i think it was jeff shaquane telling the stories about how when coaches first saw how short he was, you know, he threw 67 feet or whatever in high school and they show up and he's, you know, five, nine. And they're like, who the heck is this kid? Like, how is yeah. he this, how is he throwing yeah. that far? And, and did that happen when you were getting recruited, you know, did they show up at your doorstep and they're like, Oh, he's got a club foot. Like, or, or did they just, was this a non-factor? So <clears throat> looking back, like I was so naive. I just, it never crossed my mind that they would like take a second thought about my foot because I never thought about it ever. Um, right. Uh, BYU recruited me and the coach at the time was coach Hershey. And he called me up and he said, this is after I'd won the state championship. And he said, man, you, this is he's, what he was impressed with was the stature of my right leg. He's like, I can't believe how big your quads are. And I'm like, well, that's my big leg. And, uh, <laughs> And I call it, it's, it's very literally like when I'm, oh, this is a good example. When I'm at the, one of the massage therapists at the training center, the out in uh, San Diego, she's like, Dave, man, this, this leg, this is like Joe Kovacs size leg. Easy. She's, <laughs> she's, she's, she, so they don't like to rub that big leg, but uh, he was impressed <laughs> with the leg and he didn't, he didn't notice the, the, the the little one as much and then later on uh when i chose weber state uh, it was a little closer to my home and uh it ended up being a good choice for me uh but to be honest i would have done fine at byu as well it, it would have worked right. well there it's there's nothing at all against byu i would have been happy to go there it's just uh at the time it would have worked out better for me to stay home we didn't have any money and weber state offered me a little bit better scholarship than byu okay so that makes sense i took it i took it and uh showed up to practice and my coach he looked at me and he said we're running hills today we're because it's right on the mountains it's a beautiful campus we're going to run hills this is when they made their throwers run and uh he 
he pointed at the trail and he said, we're going to run up that trail. And I said, okay. And I took off and ran up the trail and ran back down. And he put his hands in there and he's like, well, I guess this foot's not an issue then. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. It's, it just, it's it, clearly not I, an issue. Yeah. Yeah. The very first day of practice, the very first thing we had him do, it kind of set the mood for the entire time there. They just didn't care if they're so like, for example, in the hammer, I mean, you got to go heel toe, heel toe, heel toe. And I right. can't, I can't do that. If you're, I mean, guys can't comprehend it because they can move their ankle but if your ankle is fused and you try to go to your heel you have to straighten your left leg or you have to straighten your leg all the way you can't go to your heel with a bent knee you can't yeah do yeah right and right. so i toe turned and so i toe turn all my throws in the hammer it's okay what's your best I, throw in the hammer uh i did 61 meters with the with Jeez. the with the seven so i was a and that's still the school record at Weber State. That's the only school record I have left. And there's a kid there that's uh, uh, every year there's kids that I think, oh, they're going to get it. There's one kid, he missed it by, I think, seven centimeters, <laughs> maybe eight, like the width of the hammer, he missed it. But after, you know, it's almost 20 years now, it's hung on at that so 61 meter. What, what's the world record in the, in the you know, F44 hammer throw uh, with seven? Yeah. They like that's my it. question is why can they can they look back at these numbers and say okay well david's been you know a, a, an yeah. adaptive athlete technically since he was born and and can yeah. we retroactively put these because i was thinking that with the 2k i'm going there's no way anybody's thrown the 2k as far as you've thrown the 2k you know because yeah. you've thrown just shy of 55 meters and and i'm watching you yeah. throw the the it's the one six that you're throwing uh, we throw a 1.5, so we throw the same oh. one the Masters throw, the 50-year-old okay. that they throw. Okay. And you're throwing, you know, 64.11 is your PR. Am I accurate with that? Uh, 64.11 is the world record, and last year at the uh, Tucson Elite, I hit 65.72. Oh, that, yes, that's right. That's right. Okay. So that one didn't count because it wasn't an IPC event, and that's what I was going to get to is that the IPC is really strict on which events they'll sanction. And which okay. they won't. And by that, I mean, like, they submit, you have to submit six weeks in advance of the meet to, and, and basically they just look and see if it has a website and it looks like a legit meet. That meet in Tucson is a IAAF and USATF certified meet. But, you know. They didn't get the, I, the IPC. Nah, I d yeah, I kind of sent it in and they're like, ah, I think you're too late. I don't think they'll count it. And so I just went uh, there anyway. But Well, a funny story have, about. Oh, go ahead. Well, funny story about that meet is I believe you threw there, and I believe Tony Washington's son threw there. Yeah, he sure did. He threw and, like a freaking maniac there. It was awesome. And, and so we were looking at the results, and Sam Mattis, my discus thrower, is looking at oh, it, yeah. and he's like, who the hell is this guy? He threw 65 meters. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, that's David Blair. He won the Paralympics last year. He's like, really? And then I showed him your video and he's like, why am I not throwing like this? So, so it was just, it was, I just thought it was well, cool because, you know, yeah. I, I, I completely forgot that that meet, but I, you know, I, I didn't, that's, it's good that you brought that up too about the, how strict the IPC sanctioning is. Uh, I'm telling you, it's all paperwork, I think. It's, yeah. I don't think they really look into the meets too much. It's just that we didn't get it in ahead of time. So, man, I will try again. I have to get all my meets. If I can get them sanctioned, then I'll throw the 1.5. If not, I compete with the 2.0, with the 2K. Okay. And so when people see that distance, you know, I just want them to remember I'm throwing a 1.5. It's not, it's not the 2.0. But uh, luckily for me, and this is like with Nick and everyone, the college scene is very accepting and welcoming for me to show up and throw a 1.5. So I, I think that's, that's, it's a lot uh, of fun to show up. I here. think that's awesome. So tell us, David, tell us about what you did, you know, for the 15 year hiatus from when you were done in college until, you know, what, 2014 or 2015 and, and what you did and then how you found out about the Paralympics and how you got back into training and how you're a, what, 40 year old absolute Tasmanian devil and and, <laughs> and, I, and I want to talk a little bit about what you focus on technique wise what you do in training and, and, and all that yeah, stuff bet. yeah I'd love to do all that so uh my goal all along was to be able to have my schooling paid for with uh getting a scholarship and I knew uh two things I wasn't going to do it academically 
<laughs> and and uh, that I <laughs> uh, and um, that I could throw far enough that I might be able to pull this off with as a scholarship in discus. And so uh, I ended up getting the scholarship and uh, showed up and through with it. And you know it went well. Um, and but that was my goal all along is to have it pay for my schooling. And right. my senior year at my senior at my last meet is the Big Sky Conference. Um, I won the hammer, and the very next day I went and threw the discus, and I got second in the discus at my. That was that uh, mark, the fifty-four, seventy, whatever it is, fifty-four eighty. I don't know. It was, um, and I still remember very clearly like the pain in that foot after like the couple last couple throws. I have really bad arthritis and stress fractures in that foot from okay. that torque that you apply and you remember the ankle can't move so all of that um power that you've built up to turn the corner yeah. it yep. doesn't get absorbed anywhere but on my outside two metatarsals right so okay. <laughs> and so i and still remember like yeah i still remember how much it just killed that meat and how glad i was that i was done and that it had gotten what i needed i needed to have my schooling paid for um so uh, i gave it up and uh, I didn't continue training. I went to work, and I am now a database programmer, and business intelligence uh, is what I'm working in right now, but I've done a lot of database administration, a lot of, uh, basically, I'm a, I do coding uh, for databases. Okay. And uh, I did that for 15 years, and then, oh, I'll tell you, I was watching the 2012 Olympics, and I saw that Oscar Pistorius running, right? Okay, yeah. And those blades, and I watched him moving, and I thought, man, he's got more movement in those blades than I do in my foot. How come he's allowed in the Paralympics? You know, I always thought it was just for wheelchair people, right. for guys that were for guys that are in a wheelchair. And uh, so I got looking into it a little bit, and I saw that they didn't have the hammer for for F44. Right. And I, fi I figured out what class I'd be, and I saw that they didn't have the hammer, and I'm like, I don't want to throw the disc again because it kills my foot. And so I gave it up for just a little bit, and then I, uh, it was just a passing thought, and then it popped up again uh, a couple years later, and it said, oh, yeah, I remember you were going to, my mind, I was like, you, you were going to look into that Paralympic thing and maybe consider doing the discus. And um, so I made a couple of phone calls, and uh, they told me what class I'd be and who to get in contact with. And I went and threw at my first meet, uh, and I threw the one six because I didn't have a one five, and I trained for two weeks. So um, I <laughs> I went out. I I'm not kidding, man. I literally I fell uh, hard on my back more than once when I was trying to start throwing again. It'd been it'd been 16 years since I touched a disc, and so I I threw for two weeks with a one. Point six, and I showed up to this meet with this one six, and I I was so nervous to throw in that meet, um, just because I didn't want to fall down on my back like I'd done in practice. Uh, I threw in that meet, and I threw fifty four something with that. That's with awesome. That. Yeah, I think it's, it it came in fifty four and change, and that put me on the previous year's standing as number four in the world in the Paralympics. Okay. And then I looked into it, and like the marks that I was throwing in college, even with the 2K, were like 10, 20 feet further than the world record at the time for the Paralympics. And if I was throwing a 1.5, you know, I would have been uh, a long ways ahead of where I was. So I felt like kind of, you know, this chip that you put on your shoulder as a, as a person with a disability that's like, oh, watch, I can do it with this bad leg. Uh, kind of the same thing. I'm like, man, I missed my chance. I've got something that I can work for here and something I can prove. Maybe I can get myself self in enough shape that we can uh, compete at these coming up Olympics. And so uh, I picked my coach, James Parker. Uh, he and I go way back, we're good friends. And I called him up and said, hey man, would you be interested in working on me that, with this? You know, I know you, he did the Olympic stint and he worked under uh, Toger out yep. of Oregon. Yeah, he and, was a hammer thrower, right? Yep, yep, he's a, uh, national champion multiple times and uh he won the he went to the games in athens he was the champion for the 2004 olympic trials right so um and uh he's like oh yeah let's do this man so we stepped in and started doing it again he gave me a little training routine to start lifting weights with and so i i lift and i 
so my days now are um, I'll get up go to the gym lift come in go to work uh, at lunch I'll go throw and then I'll come home and then I'll work again and then come home and uh, do homework and stuff with the kids get everything done and hopefully if I'm lucky I'll get like more than six hours sleep and do it again the next day absolutely that's that's the life yeah so <laughs> tell me I, I'm interested because you know I, I shared with you before we started recording that I trained someone an, an individual with a club foot and yeah you know we've basically taken the approach you know the attitude and and just pretty much pretending as though he doesn't have a problem yeah you know if it comes to certain jumps and stuff like that obviously we will we will factor some you know we we won't push him with certain things and sometimes when he's squatting that you know because of the mobility in the ankle there's there's some problems right right so we will you know exactly we'll put like plates under his heels Um, yep yep (laughs) so Oh, I'm, and, I'm laughing because that's what everyone, all my coaches have always put a plate under my heel. And it, right. it, I, for me, for me, I never figured out how to make it work. But if I widen my stance and, and do a little more of a, a dove footing, you know what I mean? My toes point right. out kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can do it and keep my heels on the ground, but it's tricky. Every time I go down, that heel comes up and all my coaches have always come and put a plate under the heel and the mobility's not there. You know, it's confusing, but the mobility's not there. You can't, just because you raise it up, you're not going to be able to put your weight on it still. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So I, I guess that's my question is like, do you, you know, how do you do, do you do Olympic lifts? Do you, what kind of squats do you do? What kind of leg work do you do? What kind of, you know, upper body wise, I'm, I'm, my assumption is everything's absolutely normal, but I just want to see like, what do you do in preparation for training, especially now that one, you're an adaptive athlete, but two, you're, you know, you are older you have family, yeah. you don't have that much time, you know, how are you yeah. preparing or how is James preparing your programming to set you up so that you can take advantage of the limited amount of time in the weight room and still work around the club foot? Yep. So, um, we do first question. Yeah, we do, uh, Olympic lifts. Uh, I do mostly hang cleans, hang snatches. Uh, and when I was in college, I'd always do the full clean and full snatch. And I liked those, but James is like, no, nah, let's just have you do the hangs. And uh, I hated it at first, but I got used to the motion. The motion is different for a hang, you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and it, it was a little bit confusing to me, but I got pretty good at it. Um, and I got to where, let's see, last year, hang cleans numbers. Um, let's see, uh, for reps of three, I could rep uh, 315 um, on, on the hang clean. And uh, the snatch, I got up to 225. Uh, let me convert those. I, my gym doesn't have kilos. That's a, and so that's a, it'd be 143 on the cleans and it'd be about 103 on the snatch. Yeah. And so that would be, that would be my last sets, right? So we build okay. up to that and then I'd have a set of three and that's just when we're going heavy and strong. And, and to be honest, everyone asks me what my maxes are and I'm, I have, I have no idea cause that's just not part of my program. And to be honest, like I don't have time to sit and max out. <laughs> so, so, so we, you don't need to. There. No, I'm busy, man. I have to, as much as I can, I try and keep my lift to under an hour. And it's not just because I don't want to be there. It's just, I have to, I have to go back to work. You know, I have to go, uh, I have a meeting that I have to be to in the morning for work. And so it's. Although David, I want to know, I've seen the pictures of you flexing on online after hitting a big throw. You've got to have an idea where your max bench is. Uh, <laughs> uh let's see uh the olympic 2016 i finished the three reps at uh it was um i was at 315 on th- for three reps at the end of a set right so okay. i didn't i didn't go um i didn't max that either and and last year all of last year to be honest i didn't bench once i have a torn labrum in my left shoulder okay Okay. And we're trying we're trying to figure out how to make that work. Most common shoulder injury in men over 40 is a torn labrum. And yeah. uh, my shoulder was killing me. I went to the doctor and they're like, uh, your labrum's torn. You want it to be surgery? And I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, okay, don't bench then. So I've thrown bench out and okay. we're trying to figure out how to work with it in the meantime. So, uh, but, but yeah, no, I got up to 315 uh, uh, for reps of three. And that would be at the end of... Uh, what was that? Uh, four sets, five sets, building up to that, something like that. So, but so do you notice anything as far as you know, 
either in the weight room or if you're do you like do you throw heavy implements still and do you notice anything i mean you said you still compete with the 2k do you notice anything like when you are lifting heavier when you when you are throwing the heavier implements or or if you feel when the with the lighter implements do you notice that you, it does cause a little more stress and and pain in that foot or or not um, and I think I I do think it's 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 good that every like especially the throwers out there listening that it's your left foot coming yeah. out of the back. Yeah, yeah, and I love I tell you, Dane, I love that I can sit and talk to a thrower about this stuff because when people call, they'll do interviews and you like try and explain leaving the back. They don't even know what it means if I say turn the corner or leave the back. You know, right, but, right, but right. Yeah, yeah. So that that is, and I think of of. Because I've thought about this, because it can be your left or your right foot, and I don't know which would be most inhibiting to the throw, but I'm telling you, turning the corner on a bad foot is not helpful to the throw. Right. Well, that's where <laughs> so I, that's I... where I think about with with the the Welsh, uh, the Welsh shot putter. Oh, Alan. With, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't have. I don't. Th- I don't think he has a limb at all under his knee, and. He has he has a, his a is, loss his of is. muscle function in his legs. He had some injury that occurred, or that he so his leg he'll wear that big long brace on his okay. on his right leg, and yeah, it's uh, his right one. Yeah, and so he yeah, I'm telling you, they all turn the corner on a healthy foot. Um, right, and that's and, that's what I was thinking. So when Nick and I were speaking, when we were talking on Thursday, we were comparing the two of you because we you know he and I have talked about this quite a few times. And yeah. both of your techniques are, are excellent technical models for throws and for anybody. And um, and I was talking about with, with the shot putter and how his right foot, you know, everybody will say turn that right foot. And he clearly doesn't, is not doing that and he can still smash the finish. And then yeah. with you, and so Nick and I were talking about the differences in technique just based off of where the adaptive issue is. And that's where I, and the one thing I said, I said, I said, sometimes I don't like David when he comes out of the back of the circle. And Nick's like, well, that could be because that's his left, that's his left foot. And yeah. then I'm sitting there like, oh, well, that makes sense. I didn't even think about that. No, Which to me, it's cool because I'm judging you as like a completely, I mean, I'm, I'm judging you as an able-bodied person. You know, I'm watching you with the same critical eye. I'm watching my throwers going, yeah, sometimes he's a little wonky when he comes out of the back of the circle, but sometimes you're you're not, you know. No, you're totally right, and uh, we, I tell you, I try and work on it. And I was out there throwing at Nick's just the other day, and and uh, he's like, "You're not quite getting your your hips out over that left," and I was like, "Oh, I know why." So that foot, you know, you can't flex the ankle, and to be able to go out over the left, you have to flex that ankle. Right. And right. And there's things that I do that usually make it so that I can mickey mouse it and get over that left the way i'm supposed to and i was compensating and i felt like my arm was going wide but really what i was doing is putting my butt out as i turned that corner and so it felt like i was going over the left but my hips said differently you know what i mean right 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 and so yeah it's there's there's certain things that i can do that will sometimes get me out over that left and if you watch a lot of my throws including the one when i set the world record in rio uh with that 64 uh, right. The flight of the discus was like more of a, it turned over sooner than it should have. Uh, I didn't really get a hold of it. And it's very typical of all these beginning throwers. When you watch them, when they finish their throw and their, their weight is on their left side and they're kind of falling to the left, it, you didn't get over the left in the back. And I struggled to get over the left. And that's exactly how that throw went. My throws, it's very typical for me to have a series where I'll have one or two throws that are like sky high. And okay. 48 49 50 meters and there the disc is pointing you know the de- left side is down and the right side's up and it's because i didn't i didn't get over that left like i'm supposed to so if you don't mind david walk us through what you're thinking when you get out of the you know when you're starting to throw you come out of the back of the circle you get to the middle what are you thinking when that left grounds at the front i want to see inside your technical brain and what what cues you're giving yourself just from a technical side so that, you know, we can, we can see, I just, I want to know. Okay. So typically I'll turn that corner. So James and I have worked on some drills and he's uh, created some drills for me to try and compensate for that left. But if I can hold a good focal point as I come through the middle, that helps me out. 
my my biggest problem is that there's a I don't we're still trying to figure this out my middle is ugly and I come through too fast with my upper body and so that left comes down and when I come down I'm already too it's it comes down shallow and so that's what we've been working on this year by shallow I mean um, I don't have a wide stance right right it's, right. it's, it's very narrow and so that left foot pops down and also you can't reach with I can't reach with the toe right to, right. to try and come down and touch the toe to hit I can't do that because that foot doesn't move and so if I'm too high uh, that and I go to plant that left to throw uh, it won't touch at all and I'll go down does that make sense yeah, yes. <laughs> so Absolutely. That, that power that's supposed to be stopped with that left foot hitting the ground doesn't get stopped until it touches at nine o'clock and then I'm done, right? I'm down. <laughs> so yeah. I, I have that happen to me still. I'll have one or two practices a week where I'll end up on my back because the left didn't connect like it was supposed to. And it's because I can't move it and it's just no big deal. That's what we work with. So I'll come through, turn the back. Um, I have a tendency. And I think it's because my right leg is so much bigger, but I have a tendency to have a hitch in the middle as I'm trying to bring that right around, and uh, or as I'm trying to bring the left around once the right has come down. The, the left leg um, weighs a lot less on me than my right leg. I, I, it, people won't notice it, but the legs are, they're a big difference in weight. And with that, so I'll have this big, heavy, slow movement and then a fast, movement with the left as it comes through right yeah um, and as a high school and as a collegiate athlete i learned to throw that way but i don't i can't get the levers on it that i want to uh by doing it that way so we're we've been working really hard to correct that left uh the way i bring it through and the way i place it down and it's sometimes i just feel like i'm going nowhere you know getting a whole Do lot you... of the same thing <laughs> Do you feel better with your left foot being lower than your left knee joint, or do you feel better with your left foot being higher than the left than the knee? I've experimented a... with both, and okay. I think for me, um, it's definitely I'm more comfortable with it if I can keep it below the right knee joint. However, okay. there have been times where I've swung it above it, and I can feel that snap in the hips that it's supposed to generate. You know what I mean? Right. And and uh, but here's the most frustrating part for me is that it doesn't I, it's not consistent right i can't by that i mean that feeling that snap i can't keep yeah. it there consistently and so we haven't i'm telling you it's kind of cool and it and to be honest it doesn't do me a lot of good to watch these pro throwers throw and to watch their technique because they're they're not i'm not built like them and so if i try and throw like them it's what they do to generate torque won't generate torque for me for me right. It's up to me and my coach. We spend a lot of time trying to find that torque. I'll hit it in some throws. We'll have monster, monster throws. And then the very next day, it's not there. And we have no idea. You look at film, everything. I don't know. It's, it's gone. And uh, so <laughs> it's, it's extra frustrating for me. And everyone feels it as a thrower to go through their technique like that. But, yeah, I've had a lot of times where. So, I mean, in, sh in short, that's it. I come through, try and hold a focal. Uh, try and not cheat it as I come through with the upper body. Try and let the legs work. But a lot of times, because that left is lighter, um, and maybe other things too, I'll end up coming through uh, faster than I should with the upper body. Because So what? picture this in your mind. Everyone wants to come through, land with that right, and then have the legs come around faster right, than the yeah. uh, upper body. But if that leg... People don't think of this, but that left coming through is based on the mass that you have in that left leg to be able to stretch the bow. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And so when that happens with me, that left sometimes doesn't have enough force to sling the upper body, and it just stops where it's at and comes straight down. So it's really hard for me to get that left to go in the bucket a little. It's always landing, like even with my right or even in front of the right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and and I think if if anybody watches you, and I, I've watched your throws from Rio a few times, where I think you even put you might have put one or two into the cage, and I think that that's exactly what was happening. Is it's like that left that left was blocking you off just a little bit, and 
yep. and it and it landed, you know, in front of that right, and then and you, how you were describing it, your upper body was a little more open when that left was grounding. So then, yep. and then you're sort of ripping on it a little bit, and that's where everything ends up in the cage a little. Yep. Um, but it's it's one of those things where it. You know, I think I think what you had said it's 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 a it's you know I I watched so my first thought is when I see you throw, and then I see somebody like Daniel Stahl throw, and I think well well maybe that real low left that he has, could help you, but it's yeah, it's it's one of those things where I feel like if you and I, and I think this is what's cool is that you're still, you know you're you're like a you're at the forefront of the adaptive generation where, where the Paralympics are really starting to take off. They're starting to get more popular. They're starting to yeah. get more, you know, more, more and more people are watching it because they're seeing the, 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 the competition is improving and they're seeing guys like you throw and they're, and you guys are moving so well. And, and, and that's where it's like, now you guys are, you're at the forefront of this, this next generation of, you know, trying to figure out unique technical switches that might be commonplace that that may not be commonplace in a, in a traditional uh, throwing setting, but that will still work for for you because of you know your your limitations, or yeah. you know quotes quote limitation you know. Oh yeah, no, I know what you mean. So yeah, that's that's always frustrating, and and that's the thing too is my biggest throws. I feel like they pop off to the right. Uh, that that one that went into the net in Rio. I'll tell you that was. That was it. That was it. That was the throw. You you can see you can see a look on my face of like, yeah, like yeah, oh yeah. man, I was disgusted. That I that was a 67, 68 throw that went into that curtain. I mean, well, you so can, that's you can feel it. You can feel it sling. And David, that's my next question. Is I know this is entirely hypothetical, but let's just say you you threw. Do you think? Do you think you would have thrown further with the one five, you know, when you were 23, 24? Like, that's what I, I'm just playing this, this, these games where I sit there and I'm like, imagine yeah. if you were, would have thrown the, the one five back when you were 23, you know, what would, what At would you have thrown? Yeah. yeah I, you know what? I've thought of that a lot and it, it, it eats at me a lot. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced I would have thrown it farther than I am now. I'm just the way I train and the way that I can't train now, like the way that I can't put the throws into it and I can't put the reps because I have to recover. My, right. I'm telling you, you, you know, and you're not quite there yet, but as you, once there's something about passing that 40 year old mark. And there's a reason that the throwers that throw so well at 33, 34, 35, they hit like 36, 37, 38, and it's just gone. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, I'm convinced that I got into really good shape, but I'm not. And get this, Dane, I weighed 210 in college. I could never put on weight, so I just. So what does your body weigh at now? Uh, 270. Okay, yeah, that's what I was gonna so, say. You got to be at least 260 based off of just what I see online. Yeah, at the Olympics I was 255, and uh. I'd like to, I, I gained a little more weight than I wanted to. And it's the same thing, man. Like I could used to lose weight and it wasn't a big deal. I can't lose weight now. I'm like, yo, look, it's, it's, it's totally different for me to train at the age that I am now. But yeah, I think if, if the two of us were in the ring, my, uh, my collegiate self, I think would have beat myself now, uh, almost every throw. Uh, I know when I throw the 2k now, in the meets and granted it's usually early in the season but i'm not throwing as well as i was as like a as a collegiate athlete with the 2k right all right david so where you know let's i want to wrap this up now where where can people find you what can we expect from you in the in the next coming years are you going to be training till 2020 what do you you know what do they what can they see you know where where can they find you on social media do you have a website do they have any any place that they could email you or, or contact you in some way if they if we do have questions? You know, what, oh, can yeah. you answer all those questions? Oh, I'd be happy to, and and they can reach out to me just through uh, Instagram on uh, Dave's Discus, um, and that's my handle is just Dave's Discus, and uh, I've they've, I've got the that whatever that blue check is that verified one. You'll know it's me when you see that. And yeah. yeah, I respond. I respond to the messages, and so they can hit me up there. Um, no website. I, you know, I, 
I got to have my daughters. I think I got daughters that are in college now. I can have them hook me up with all this other stuff. I don't know how to use, I don't, I'm not very good at the social media thing, but I'm slowly grabbing onto it and, and making it work for me a little But Dave's discus is a great way to get a hold of me on Instagram. Yeah. Dave, I, I wish I, I'm going to complain about one thing. I wish you posted more throwing videos on there. <laughs> okay. I can fix that. I can fix that. I, uh, cause I'm, you know, I just, I could watch your throws, you know, over and over. Like if, 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 you know, people in the gym know this, I'll be sitting there on my phone and I'm just watching the same throw over, 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 over. And I like to see all the little stuff. And then, and, and with your throws, especially because it, you, you had pointed out with that left leg and how sometimes it might land in, you know, two or yeah. three different spots. Yep. And I would just, I would, I find that very entertaining. So that's what, yep. that's my, my personal complaint. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't mind. I'll, I'll post more throws. Here's the thing. I'm always tepid on posting on uh, the social media just cause I don't want to come across as a, I don't, I don't, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I like to throw and I throw a ton. Um, but I just, I never, I'll record more. I'll put some more up there just for you. You got to think, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's awesome. You got to think of it this way though. You're, you're a Paralympic champ. You're an animal. People want to see you throw and, and you've whooped on able-bodied guys for, you know, 20 plus years and, and, and people want to see it. Like they want to see, they want to see your, like someone of your capability throwing. And that, that's, that's the other thing is that I, Dude, I respect that stuff so much. So for me, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in any negative way. I'm saying it entirely from the side that I would just be way more entertained from it. And I, and I do like your other yeah. posts though too. Like, like, it, like, what, what, what your Instagram <laughs> does for me is it, it, it shows you, and I think it, it, it does show who you are. You know, you've got a lot of family posts on there as well. And then, and then I, that's just my, my, uh, my, uh, what would it be? The, the 15 second social media uh fix that i could be getting from dave's discus you bet <laughs> I'll, I'll do it i'll do it man all right that sounds good all right dave so thanks for coming on and and i'm probably going to be reaching out to you in the next couple months once once the season starts if we can start talking about you know where you're at in the in the coming months oh i'd be happy to do that no problem all right sounds good dave thanks for coming on awesome hey thanks dane i really appreciate it yep talk to you soon At this time, we want to give a big thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Dane's Platform. Remember to look out for our next episode and check out our sponsors, Earth-Fed Muscle, The Acceleration Diet, and Holistic Encapsulations. Peace!